Informing America's farmers and ranchers. This is AOA, produced by the American Ag Radio Network. Now, here's your host, Jesse Allen. And thank you for joining us here on AOA, Agriculture of America, today as we are broadcasting live from day number one of Commodity Classic in Houston, Texas. I'm your host, Jesse Allen. Great to have you along for the ride here the next couple of days as we are at the largest trade show uh, for agriculture here in the U.S. Uh, as uh, we're going to see some 10,000 people uh, working through here over the next few days. And we got a lot to talk about on our program here today. Coming up, we're going to talk with Scott Metzger, Secretary for the Associ- American Soybean Association. He's going to join us in segment two. We're going to Talk about the uh, the dicamba issues and the existing stocks order and more. Also coming up after the bottom of the hour, we're going to talk with Paul Ray from BASF and kind of do some forward thinking uh, where they stand with technology and innovation and more. So looking forward to that conversation. And then we're going to talk with Austin Gellings from the Association of Equipment Manufacturers coming up here at the end of the show as well. Today's AOA brought to you by Cenex. Brought and downtime is a waste. Keep your equipment running smoothly. By using high-quality Cenex premium diesel fuel, learn more at Cenex.com. Joining us now, let's take a look at what's going on with the markets. Mike Zuzalo, Global Commodity Analytics, is with us here today from his home in Kansas. And, uh, Mike, you know, uh, it seems like you've been dealing with some of this uh, wild weather here to start off the week, going from 70s and 80s down to the teens and snow and everything else has kind of been sweeping across the country here this week, Mike. Yeah, we went from about 75 yesterday afternoon to 11 this morning when uh, took the early morning walk with the dog. And I really did feel like we were back in February all of a sudden, Jesse. So pretty nasty day uh, in, the, in the wheat belt uh, when it comes right down to it. Some snow cover and, and you know, the USDA state crop numbers show that we jumped 3% over the month of January to 57% good to excellent. And that compares to 38%. A year ago. So those frigid temperatures in the wheat belt for the hard red side uh, on the western side of the Mississippi River aren't playing as big a role today in the price action. Um, but we have a lot of cold weather coming for the soft red wheat belt with areas like southern Illinois, Alney, Illinois, looking at 24, 25 degree temperature lows here the next couple nights in a row. So we'll see if that has any meaning to the market as we close out the day here today. It's been very interesting, these markets the last couple of sessions, you know, posting some key reversals off of all the new lows we set at the end of last week. And I think corn and uh, KC wheat, for instance, but feels like that rally is starting to fade a little bit. Do you believe that's the case or is there something else you're watching right now, Mike? No, they are trying to back down on the wheat-led rally, Jesse, and that's always a concern. And it's kind of like putting Humpty Dumpty back together again for the fourth or fifth time when we talk about the grain markets here ever since last summer. And I think two things to watch out for is we did get some GDP data for the United States, very strong second quarter, early second quarter reading, plus 3.2%. And the inflation data that the Fed watches, the PCE as it's called, that core number was up higher than expected at plus 2.1%. So more inflation um, equals less Fed cut. And and I think that's what the wheat's trying to price in here. But if you look at it from a big picture, more inflation means higher commodity prices typically and historically. So watch that, I think, is a big key. Second thing would be the EU wheat. That the EU wheat's always been a leader for me. Um, it was down overnight. In fact, it went down to an equivalent of about 567 a bushel. That's the lowest since July of 2020. So watching the crude oil, watching how the EU closes in terms of the wheat and corn markets today, those two are probably leading indicators. I wonder, too, it's the end of the month, and I know we typically see some of that added volatility around the end and start of a new month, and so it doesn't feel like we're seeing much of that quite yet, but with it being a leap year, we got one more day in February on Thursday. Just uh, wondered if that could add some extra volatility here uh, to these markets here this week, Mike. I think that's a great point because we also have first notice day in March futures coming here. And I think there's added importance, especially in the corn, given that record net short corn position, the funds are carrying of almost 341,000 contracts of futures and options. So they're net short at a record level by a large record level. And we're finishing up also that base price crop insurance for the row crops as we get into uh, Thursday's close. And so, yeah, I think the volatility is the name of the game here. And it's going to be in the wheat, especially, I think, given the weather 
weather play. Well, and to your point about March uh, first notice day as well, I, I've heard a, l- a decent amount of chatter. Some folks who've uh, maybe got forced into some bad sales with some of those fun positions and more. I don't know if you've heard anything like that, but I know it's a it's a tough conversation for some folks right now if they're hanging on to a lot of grain. Yeah, and I think this is where the basis contracts were really utilized back in January and February, and we just had to come do with that or roll them. I think that's the general mindset. Most of the recommendations I put out was to stick with the march, don't roll, don't take a bad decision and make it a worse decision. You know, look at the cheapness of the futures market, the funds being so net short, the discounts in the futures, if you ask me, uh, looking at buying into this corn market at this point because of what the wheat's been able to do so far this week. But don't let those old lows get away from you, that 395. 394 and a half level. You just don't want to see it close back below that because you're back to Humpty Dumptyville. Let's talk livestock. A little pressure uh, over in feeder cattle early on Wednesday. You know, it felt like uh, this cattle trade really took the cattle on feed numbers, digested them, and then quickly moved on from them. What's your thoughts on how this cattle market's been trading this week, Mike? Yeah, we fed the bull on Monday, in my opinion, Jesse, given the fact that cold storage came out a day late and it showed a 1% decline in beef cold storage versus last month. I think we're now down 11 or 12% versus last year. And I think that really, the trade, I think, really took notice that because of these strong exports for beef and pork we continue to see. I'm nervous, though, as we close out the end of the month, kind of on the similar vein as what we were just talking about, the net short funds in corn, I think are in part because of the funds buying the feeder cattle, selling the corn. I'm very eager to see if that spread gets unwrapped here or not. And if it does, it could be a decent wave to the downside, in my opinion. So I'm laying in hedges here for both fats and feeders, known cost floors, i.e. bought puts if you don't have the cattle insurance underneath you. I did talk with someone yesterday, too. It was a kind of an interesting conversation. Thinking back to Friday when spot corn dipped below four on the board, uh, cattle uh, rancher, feedlot guy, uh, turned around, looked at the board, called up his uh, his corn guy and said, I need more corn. So I think maybe for some of our feedlot folks, they've been able to take advantage of some cheap feed here in this window. Yeah, and I think they should. And I think this goes hand in hand with the, the, the news that we're hearing that Mexico's dropping their GMO issue with us. And, um, you know, the, the name of the game is China in 2024. I think the trade's done a very good, in fact, overdone it to the downside in corn demand. Um, and, and they haven't been as nervous about soybean demand. I think they're starting to catch wind that if China's going to go south on us, it's probably going to be the soybeans that get hit the hardest, especially with Mato Grosso and Mato Grosso de Sol, those two big areas of the safrina corn crop. They're not out of the woods yet. And in fact, they're starting to look like they're going to dry out again. So I would say we're not done yet in terms of the corn crop down in South America. Mike, if folks want to reach out to you for uh, some advice, take a look at your analysis. How can they get a hold of you, Mike? Best way is to go to globalcomresearch.com, Jesse, and it's globalcom with two M's, research.com. You can find the toll-free numbers, see our product services, and see what we do. Fantastic. Mike Zuzalo, Global Commodity Analytics. Always good to talk with you, sir. Thanks for joining us here on AOA, and we will talk to you again real soon. Appreciate it. I appreciate you having me, Jesse. Have a great day, sir. All right. Coming up next, we are going to be joined by Scott Metzger, the secretary for the American Soybean Association here live at Commodity Classic in Houston, Texas. AOA Today brought to you by Cenex. Back more right after this. Wheat growers of the north, it's time to push performance with Westbred Wheat. With regionally proven varieties like WB9606 with good stress tolerance and WB9719 with outstanding yield potential and excellent standability. Trust Westbred Wheat to help you get the most out of every acre. Now's the time. Boldly grow. Seize the season with Westbred Wheat. Performance may vary. Read and follow pesticide label directions, grain marketing, and other stewardship practices. When it comes to cereal disease protection, Prosaro Pro 400 SC fungicide from Bayer makes all the difference. With three effective active ingredients for overlapping control of foliar and head diseases and a flexible application window for head scab, it's formulated to lower dawn, protect yield potential, and promote superior grain quality. Prosaro Pro, the future of plant health starts here. Visit prosaropro.com to learn more. Always read and follow grain marketing and all other stewardship practices and pesticide label directions. 
Paid non-attorney spokesperson. Are you over the age of 60 and been diagnosed with lung cancer? If so, you and your family may qualify for a cash award. Our experienced attorneys are standing by to evaluate whether you have a lung cancer claim that qualifies you for a cash award. The consultation is absolutely free, and there is no risk and no money out of pocket. We only receive a fee when we secure you and your family a settlement. 250,000 people are diagnosed with lung cancer every year. You're not alone in this battle. We can help make sure that you and your family are financially safe and that medical expenses are covered. Again, if you've been diagnosed with lung cancer and are over age 60, call now. Don't delay. There are deadlines for filing claims. We're standing by 24-7. Call us at 1-844-903-1744. 1-844-903-1744. That's 1-844-903-1744. Attorney Advertising. William Stephacker Jr. is the attorney responsible for this ad. Main office, Grant, Pennsylvania. May not be available in all states. A promise is potent, born of intention, fueled by commitment. It's seeing things through, always showing up. And we know a thing or two about promises here at Susan G. Komen. Over 40 years ago, we locked arms with you toward one vision, a world without breast cancer. By investing in life-saving research and standing up for patient rights, we are shifting the system so all people everywhere get the care they deserve. Because if you've just been diagnosed and don't know where to turn, we've got you. If you can't afford the treatment you need, we've got you. And if you are driven to raise money to honor the best friend you've just lost, we have a place for you here because of you. We're supporting those who need help today while tirelessly searching for tomorrow's cures. Ending breast cancer needs all of us. Visit Komen.org and be a part of the Susan G. Komen community today. information America's farmers and ranchers need, AOA. Now, back to Jesse Allen. Welcome back to AOA, broadcasting live from Commodity Classic in Houston, Texas, brought to you by Cenex. Not all grease is created equal. Cenex premium greases are made with high-quality ingredients to provide durable protection. Learn more at Cenex.com. Well, of course, Commodity Classic is a, a great gathering of all the, the various commodity organizations, from corn to soybeans to sorghum, et cetera, et cetera. We have the equipment folks here as well. Well, joining us now, one of the key organizations that's a part of Commodity Classic is the American Soybean Association. Their secretary, Scott Metzger, is with us here on AOA. Scott, it's good to catch up with you. Thanks for joining us. Thank you, Jesse. Good morning. Well, uh, of course, uh, with Commodity Classic, I was, I was talking with some folks about this this year. Two levels of a trade show, some 10,000 people, I think, going to be working through in the next couple of days. Yeah, this is a lot of fun, isn't it? It, it is. It's a, it's a unique experience, and and already we're, we've uh, broken last year's record of attendance for people signing up. We're around 10,700, roughly, so wow. we're super excited about that. And, and uh, getting the trade show kicked off today one day early should... should uh, should make things really fun for everyone. Yeah, and that's a, a little bit of a change, too. I know from previous years, we always kind of had that Saturday morning part of the trade show. Well, we, we moved it to Wednesday, and, you know, I think that's a that's a fun, good change for it, a lot of folks. It is, it is. You know, the, the ones that are on the floor uh, doing the stuff, they're, you know, it comes Saturday, everybody's, you know, ready to roll out mm -hmm. of here. So it's, it's going to make that easier. Um, and, and open it up earlier for people who are here earlier. So yeah. letting everybody come in and see everything right and, off the bat and get a good look at all the new equipment and all the toys and all the different products that are available i know of course you guys have a lot of uh, key meetings here during commodity classic plenty of those ongoing right now as we speak scott yeah so, but you we, guys discuss a lot of policy here over yeah a couple we days. do uh you know what why we're here we meet with a lot of our industry partners and yeah. have several meetings with them discuss some policy and and the latest and greatest of what's going on and issues they have and and uh we bring the concerns to them that we have for the farmers that we represent across the U.S. And I know a lot of farmers here as well that can take part in some of those meetings, uh, the various meetings that are out there. And you guys get to hear from a lot of folks on the ground here in Houston during Commodity Classic. I know one of the big issues that I'm sure you guys are talking about got a little bit of a resolution to it, at least for this year, is the dicamba issue. Absolutely, yes. Uh, Talk about that a little bit. I know we got the existing stocks order, which everyone you know in agriculture was calling for from the EPA, but so it gives us some certainty for this year mm -hmm. at least. But I know we still got some 
challenges in front of us with that camp. Oh, absolutely. You know, we, we were just happy that they that they came out with the existing stock orders, uh, you know, especially for the people in the southern part of the United States that are, you know, they're getting ready to roll hot and heavy. You know, yeah. they, they needed to know that they that they were going to be able to use what they had paid for and had had on hand and stuff. So, um, you know, it's it's a great product. And, and uh, you know, we, we use it in our burn down in our operation at home. So we were we were pleased to see that just a little bit of stress relief on everyone um, and making sure that the right product gets used used properly. So, well, and thinking about this, too, I, like you said, dicamba widely used for, for soybeans, for cotton. Mm-hmm. Um, you think about it taking a tool out of the toolbox then it really it limits growers options if you do that it most certainly does and then it you know upon that too you start getting supply chain issues if you you know take something out that you know several million acres are, are used with that product and you have to switch to something else you know let alone seed chemistry it's just it it really makes things tight really quick where do we go from here? I think that's the next big discussion point and challenge is you know are, are we going to be able to challenge this Arizona court ruling, get it overturned. Where do, where do things stand in that regard? That that's 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 a good question. <laughs> that, <laughs> yeah, that that'll be the biggest thing if, if it can if we can get it overturned. You know, like we've always said, we want to we want to keep that tool in the toolbox. So uh, you know everyone knows that but it's, it's going to be a fact of <clears throat> getting it presented and and uh brought and i'm sure there'll probably be plenty of battles from here on out with it even going into next year i would say so i mean just thinking about it i mean you you go we have the certainty for this year and now we have a matter of you know say 10 months to to try and figure something out so the the clock is ticking uh, per se in terms of uh, trying to trying to find a resolution and whether it goes up to a higher court like Mm -hmm. even as far as the supreme court or whatever the case is i mean it feels like that's going to be a big fight, but I'm sure a lot of growers have your voices heard would, would help that process. Right? It is. It does. Yeah. There's, yeah, we've had, uh, we had, uh, ASA had sent several things out for people to sign on to, to talk, to have talking points with. And, you know, the biggest thing is this when it's just like anything else, when you open up those box of worms, they're out there to mm-hmm. <laughs> get, get, get gobbled up. But yeah, we, we, uh, Kyle Kunkler from our DC offices is, is on this all the time. Uh, he is he is really good at what he does with this. So it's it uh, it'll be yeah. interesting to see where it goes from here. It it'll be a battle for sure. Yeah. Well, we'll continue to watch the situation, of course, and we'll see if we can get a more long-standing resolution to the dicamba issues. We're talking with ASA Secretary Scott Metzger here on Agriculture of America, Scott. Uh, farm bill discussions ongoing in D.C., and I, I just talked to Florida Representative Kat Kamek here a few days ago. She mentioned that she thinks something could move in the House side by March, but I know as well we got a government shutdown in front of us, so we got we got a lot of hurdles in front of us to try and get to a new farm bill, don't we? Yes, there's a tremendous amount of hurdles, and uh, we, we were just discussing this morning, you know, it's only the end of February, but we've only, there's only 50 legislative days available for them to work on this since it's election year you take mm-hmm. out several several days right off the bat um you know asa we we would like to see we want to see a farm bill done this year and uh and improve upon it with the different areas but i you know i don't know it's it's not looking good <laughs> it's uh, it, well and and you throw in you know with with two government shutdown deadlines here coming up with the first one this weekend right, yeah obviously we got to get the government funded we are how many <laughs> months behind funding this year and i know that's a, a a big pain point for a lot of folks across the country not just in agriculture oh, yeah. but then of course you know trying to figure out the five-year farm bill legislation i know folks on on both the ag committees house and senate they say they're continuing to work behind the scenes but it's a matter of getting that legislation to the floor oh, conference agreed upon so there's absolutely it, there's you, a lot in front of us and you've got so many members of congress that have never been a part of a farm bill that's another Just good point. A huge amount you know and it's it's a that that within itself even even if you get it out of those it's it's still a still a work in progress and that's something too that i think is interesting is you're seeing some of that changeover and that's where folks like you guys with the American Soybean Association uh, come into play here to you know, talk with some of these newer members of Congress who've never been part of yeah. the farm bill process. That is that is an important part of it because it's just, you know, they're, you know, even the ones from Ohio we have, they, you know, 
and they were from rural areas, they still mm-hmm. didn't have a strong understanding of it. So, but that's good. I mean, you know, with, that gives us an opportunity to explain it and help them with any questions they have. So I think one, one big key thing Senator mm-hmm. Sabinow said this morning, uh, you know, she, she doesn't want to see a cut in any nutrition on, yeah. on anything on that. So I, you know, when you're, you kind of get down to the wire, like that on some of that stuff, you start seeing the, the different sides come out with their, their voices on it pretty strong. And that's, you know, those, those are going to be some pretty big talking points. Very true. From the ASA side, still looking at protecting crop insurance, Absolutely. reference prices, things like that are yeah, the main those, priorities. Those are the main priorities. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And, uh, you know, that all that stuff is the crop insurance part of it is very important. The refer, reference price on it. It's mm-hmm. yeah, that's, it's there's several there that we want to well and think about this i'm sure you guys have been hearing it from from your farmer members here that you know we're working off numbers that were done in 2018 the economics of the farm completely different exactly they've completely changed they have yeah yeah so that's that's another challenge within (laughs) itself that's one thing about ag there's never there's never lack of challenges no there's not but you know what uh we have great folks uh who are able to take on some of those challenges and that's what it is uh that's what it's all about sometimes and, and telling the story of agriculture. Scott, real quick before we uh, wrap it up here, mm-hmm. let you go. Got about a minute. Any other final thoughts, things going on this week uh, you're excited about here at Commodity Classic? Uh, yeah, I guess I'm excited to see get on the trade show floor and see some see some of the new stuff. It's it's always great uh, talking with people and even even talking with a lot of our counterparts from NCGA and, and mm-hmm. wheat and everything else. It's it's just it's a great opportunity to uh, to just just to talk to people and learn stuff. We don't get to go to too many of the learning sessions they have, but um, you, know, you can do a lot of other learning. Too. Yeah. Great opportunity to you know, network and, and put your heads together and have conversations that, you know, maybe you might not normally get to have on a, on a normal day or everyone, you got to find time to get everyone together on a zoom call or something oh, yeah, like that. You, get so. the, you know, you get the farmers firsthand here, what they have to say and what their thoughts are. So it's, yeah. it's always good. Definitely. Scott, I really enjoyed the conversation. Thanks for uh, spending some time with us here on AOA this Thank morning. You. And We'll, uh, we'll look forward to having you back on the show again soon. Hey, anytime. Appreciate it. You Thank bet. You. Scott Metzger, Secretary of the American Soybean Association, joining us here on AOA. Brought to you by Cenex. When the temperature goes down, so can your equipment. Cenex Premium Diesel Fuel is built with a balanced additive package to keep equipment moving. Learn more at Cenex.com. On the way next, we're going to talk with Paul Ray from BASF here on AOA, Agriculture of America, back from Commodity Classic right after this. When it comes to cereal disease protection, Prosaro Pro 400 SC fungicide from Bayer makes all the difference. With three effective active ingredients for overlapping control of foliar and head diseases and a flexible application window for head scab, it's formulated to lower dawn, protect yield potential, and promote superior grain quality. Prosaro Pro, the future of plant health starts here. Visit prosaropro.com to learn more. Always read and follow grain marketing and all other stewardship practices and pesticide label directions. Are you heading to Commodity Classic? Stop by AGI booth 3403 for some exciting live radio. This is Jesse Allen. I'll be broadcasting AOA live on Thursday from 9 to 10 a.m. We'll be discussing all things grain and digital, from bins and bin monitoring to data and dryers. That's Thursday from AGI booth 3403 from 9 to 10 a.m. at Commodity Classic in Houston, Texas. You're listening to AOA. Here's a check of the markets for the American Ag Network. I'm Jody Heemstra. With corn prices pressured by larger supplies in 2023-24 and Brazil's corn planting off to a quick start, the trend remains down for May corn. DTN's National Corn Index closed at 3.90 Tuesday evening, priced 18 cents below the March contract. In other news, the U.S. Commerce Department said fourth quarter GDP was up 3.1 percent from a year ago, slightly less than estimated last month. In Brazil, central Brazil will be drier in the next few days, favorable for soybean harvest and corn planting, that until rains return this weekend. Southern Brazil will benefit from rain the next couple days and then look more sporadic into next week. Crops in Argentina continue to do well and are expecting more rain this weekend. 
Ag Rural reported Brazil's corn planting at 73% for second crop, which is up from 59% last week and compares to 56% at the same time last year. First crop harvest reached 42% complete as of February 22nd. That remains ahead of the 27% pace last year. The U.S. Department of Agriculture announced a private export sale for 123 metric tons of old crop soybeans, that to unknown destinations on Tuesday. Brazil's soybean harvest was marked at 40% complete by consulting firm AgRural. That was up from 33% at the same point last year. The 8- to 14-day outlook in wheat territory is calling for warmer-than-normal temperatures for the eastern half of the U.S., with the westers a little cooler. The central plains are expected to be near-normal temps for the first half of March. Much of the U.S. is expected to see above-normal chances for precipitation. On the livestock side, the cattle still felt uncertainty about price direction after the Cattle on Feed report Friday. Placements in January being higher than expected don't change the tight supply of cattle the market continues to face. I'm Jody Heemstra for the American Ag Network. Everyone has a community to lean on. A neighborhood, school, kids' teams, where you worship, work, work out, or any other place or group where you choose to belong. Communities can provide support when you need it, and even when you don't know you do. Like when it comes to preventing underage drinking and other substance use. You've talked with your kids and shared clear expectations, but you're not with them every minute. Your community members, friends and relatives, teachers and coaches, faith leaders, and other important adults in your kids' lives can be your eyes, ears, and a supportive influence when you're not around, reinforcing your messages with your kids and alerting you to warning signs of underage drinking or other substance use. So talk with your kids about these issues and involve the members of your community to help keep your kids safe. Because when you talk, they hear you. For more information, visit talktheyhearyou.samsa.gov. Informing America's farmers and ranchers, AOA. Now back to Jesse Allen. And we continue here on AOA, live from Commodity Classic in Houston, Texas, brought to you by Cenex. Hard work, long hours, and extreme conditions aren't new. Cenex Premium Diesel meets the demands of today's toughest engines. Premium Diesel to keep you going. Learn more at Cenex.com. All right, now we want to think about technology, innovation, where the ag industry is going from here commodity classic stirs up a lot of those conversations and right now we want to have one with paul ray senior vice president for basf north america paul great to talk with you again thanks for joining us on aoa oh, it's a pleasure jesse and great to be at the commodity it's going to be a big one this year yeah we were chatting uh, during the commercial break a couple different levels of a trade show over ten thousand people registered and so many uh, new products and innovations it's it's always great to come to a show like this and just see the buzz and, and have the conversation with folks who are just excited about the future of agriculture, right, Paul? No, I think we should be optimistic. And, and this show is a great example of how much technology farmers have to, able to access these days. It's just amazing how much uh, this industry runs on technology. And every year there's something new and farmers have to remain informed and make decisions. And I think, uh, you know, when you look at the technology side of agriculture, there's a lot to be optimistic about. Mm -hmm. Well, let's talk about some of the things that you're seeing uh, from your perspective as you know, Senior Vice President at BASF. You guys are working on a lot of different products to help growers, but take that thousand foot view. Where do, where do you feel things stand in agriculture here as we're at the early part of 2024? Well, I think if we look back a little bit, it's been um, a really uh, interesting last two or three years, hasn't it? Lots of volatility. Yep. Uh, lots of things came around the corner that we may not have seen, whether that be climatic or whether that be COVID or whether that be economic turbulence, geopolitical um, turbulence as well. It's been really uh, a frantic couple of years. But if we look longer term out into the horizon, the fundamentals for agriculture remain very positive. I mean, we know there's going to be a need for high quality food. There's going to be more mouths on our earth here and there's only so much land to do it with. So uh, technology plays such an important role for farmers and enabling them to grow more from the same acre every year. And I think, again, if we look back in, in the US, look how great a job farmers have done in consistently increasing yields despite all those challenges, despite inflation, despite um, uh, climatic challenges. It's, it's just impressive how continual that progress is over time. 
I, there's been a lot of push to your point about sustainability and climate smart farming practices and things like that. How do you view that uh, leading BASF and, and some of the things you guys are maybe working on as we move more towards that type of mentality, I guess, in agriculture? Yeah, we start with a perspective that, that farmers are sustainable because they're always looking to hand that farm on to the next generation. That's really a great uh, definition or great um, um, way to view sustainability is that we're going to hand something on in the future that's in better shape than we found mm -hmm. it. And and if you look at generation after generation, if you look at farmers wanting to do that, that's so important. And I think that's really where sustainability for us starts. But we know it's going to be harder. There's going to be higher expectations from society. There's going to be uh, fewer resources, whether it be water, whether it be inputs. Um, and we also know that um, uh, regulation is going to also put some pressure on, on, on farmers as well, and it's already there today. Uh, and again, um, there's going to be an expectation that yields just automatically increase. And yet we know that takes a lot of work, a lot of planning, a lot of technology in order to grow that crop at a higher yield in five, ten years' time. But I think our track record's solid. Uh, I always walk away uh, talking to farmers, feeling good about their view on the future. Uh, I always hear them talk about how they want to hand their farm over to their, to, their, to their children. And I think that should give us confidence for the future. You brought up regulations. And I know we've seen some of these protests in Europe, for instance, uh, some of the regulation there and farmers upset about that. Uh, thinking here in the U.S., though, more specifically, we've seen certain regulations. Just We were just talking last segment about dicamba, of course. Is the regulatory environment one that is a chief concern for you and, and BASF moving forward, or is it something that's kind of always there in agriculture? We rely very much on science. Uh, we're a science-based technology company, so having certainty around regulations is really important. If I give you a perspective, uh, if I go back 20 years ago in our business, it used to take us about 8 to 10 years to get a technology to market. Today, it's 10 to 12 years, and the cost has roughly doubled. Uh, so now we're talking close to $300 million to bring a new piece of technology to marketplace, a new active ingredient, a new fungicide, a new piece of seed trait technology. And that puts more pressure on us to uh, plan well, also predict the future well. And what we need in that environment is really good certainty around what will the regulations be in five, 10 years' time. Mm -hmm. Because we start those projects today, they'll be facing uh, regulation in 2034. And I think, again, we always rely on having good science-based regulation that's practical, that works for farmers, because we start with the premise, farmers need these technologies. We believe they can steward those technologies while in the marketplace, and we need a science-based system to support the, their introduction. Well, and of course, you think about all the, the science and the research that you guys do and the investment you guys have into new products that you're looking to develop and bring to market. I, you know, we think about some of the different agronomic challenges that are out there for our farmers and more and speaking to you know producing more food with maybe less in some cases so uh, i know you guys do a lot in terms of your investment into your research talk about that a little bit we do and it's a long-term commitment jesse it didn't start yesterday it's something that bsf's very proud of uh, we've been in agricultural research for over 100 years and uh, this uh, year we'll spend over a billion dollars in agricultural research. That's about 10 cents from every dollar a farmer spends on BSF products. The first 10 cents they spend is coming back to R&D. Uh, and that for us is really important. We know farmers are counting on us to bring new technologies to market. We know for agriculture to be successful and sustainable, we need those new technologies. And today we need farmers to buy BSF products because that's also funding their future as well. And uh, I think that's an important message that farmers uh, relate to. What are some things, uh, other things you're looking at here this year ahead, maybe a few years down the road in, in agriculture? Are there other things that you're excited about, concerned about? Uh, maybe talk about that a little bit. Yeah, we'll start with what I'm excited about. Uh, if I look into our business, we see a lot of opportunity to bring new technologies to marketplace. And I'll just give you a couple of examples. Just recently received registration for a new corn herbicide called Cetane, which is going to give farmers a brand new piece of chemistry to use in post-application in corn. Just got registration. So that's a really important technology with a really innovative encapsulation formulation. We're working hard now also to improve Liberty, and we'll have a new registration for that, we believe, later this year. 
to bring a whole new uh, level of performance to glufosinate chemistry from BASF uh, under the Liberty brand called Liberty Ultra. So that's something to be excited about. But broader than that, we're also investing quite a lot into our digital platforms. In this last couple of years, we've worked really closely with growers and agronomists to find out how can we put a tool in their hands that makes their life a little easier because at the moment, farmers find it difficult. Lots of platform opportunities to, to, to have different uh, access to digital tools, but mm -hmm. what which ones can make it easy for them. So we're really focused on trying to simplify their offer. And with our Zavio field manager that's now in the hands of agronomists, they can actually predict and also react very quickly to making in-season recommendations. So a digital platform is really going to help augment our offer overall. In addition, we have a whole range of new um, seed products coming to marketplace. Uh, our Zatavo brand of soybeans is doing really well, performing extremely well. So if you're in the Midwest looking for a high-yielding soybean varieties, consider Zatavo. Um, I'm excited in that platform that in another few years we'll have what we call our soybean cyst nematode trait coming to marketplace. It's around mm -hmm. the corner and we know every year that's probably affecting somewhere in the vicinity of 50 million acres annually and the impact on yield is growing. Some growers are seeing as much as 10 bushels an acre reduction in yield because of SCN. And uh, when we do tests in the field, we're seeing up to an 80 to 85% infection rate in, in when they do a test. So it's there, often a silent killer, uh, and we're excited to have that technology. And for cotton growers this year, we also have a new technology called Accent Flex. It's going to be available in limited quantities this year. It's a quad stack uh, herbicide trait cotton for um, for many parts of the cotton areas and um, that's also going to give farmers more flexibility in the herbicides they choose more modes of action which is needed we haven't talked about it i mean weed resistance is a real yeah. big challenge for growers and yes. it's not going away it's not like we've mastered it and the problem solved it gets more and more challenging and uh, here i think farmers are really looking for more modes of action uh, more uh, different uh, practices, uh, you know, cultural practices on their farm or how they can control weeds more effectively. And uh, we're quite excited about our herbicide portfolio. Disappointed in the dicamba decision. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure growers are as well. Uh, I think um, we're pleased that the EPA at least gave some certainty around existing stocks for this year, but clearly disappointed about what that means for farmers because, you know, controlling some of these really hard to control weeds, dicamba does perform well. Uh, and it's just taking a tool off the, off the table, which is unfortunate. Yeah, and I would say that's probably a, a chief concern for, for you guys and a lot of folks in agriculture, not only the dicamba side, but, you know, things like the, uh, taking tools out of the toolbox is not something we want to see in terms of dealing with weeds and pests, et cetera, et cetera. Right, Paul? No, 100% correct. And um, as I say, uh, weeds are smart. <laughs> They're getting smarter <laughs> and they keep evolving. And uh, it's really pushing our, our uh, scientists to keep um, evaluating and testing for new few modes of action that's and it's hard to come up with a new mode of action um, we see opportunity in the future though to bring new chemistry to market in the herbicide rain but you know farmers are going to have to put all their, their skills to work here using really good agronomy making really proactive decisions using multiple modes of actions and really thinking and planning about their own weed resistance strategies because without a plan it'll end badly yeah, without a plan, it's uh, you're kind of just flying blind out there, and that's not something we want to see, is no, it? No, not good at all. Uh, well, Paul, I, I really appreciate a few minutes of your time. And just to kind of wrap it up here real quick, uh, I'm sure folks have questions. Uh, they need agronomy help, things like that local retailer, uh, local BASF agronomist, a lot of great ways to get in touch, isn't there? Yeah, and we're really grateful for support farmers provide us and a retail network as well. Lots of ways to access BASF information. I'm sure growers are at the Commodity Classic. Come see us at our booth and uh, always reach out to our team. We want to make sure uh, farmers have a great experience with BASF. Paul Ray, Senior Vice President North America for BASF. Paul, great to talk with you again. Thanks for joining us here on AOA. Appreciate the time. Thanks, Jesse, and enjoy the Classic. All right, coming up next here on AOA, brought to you by Cenex. Extreme cold temps put your vehicle to the test. Cenex premium lubricants are made with quality ingredients to keep you going. Learn more at Cenex.com. We'll talk with the Association of Equipment Manufacturers on the way right after this. Hey, wouldn't it be great if life came with a remote control? You know, you could hit pause when you needed to, or hit rewind, like that time you knocked down that wasp's nest. Uh-oh. Or that time you forgot to roll up your windows in the car wash. Fantastic. Yeah, a remote control would have come in handy then. Well, life doesn't always give you time to change the outcome. 
but prediabetes does. With early diagnosis and a few healthy changes like managing your weight, getting active, stopping smoking, and eating healthier, you can stop prediabetes before it leads to type 2 diabetes. It's easy to learn your risk. Take the one-minute test today at doihaveprediabetes.org. Life doesn't come with a remote control. Yikes! So you're on your own with the wasps. You have the power to take control of prediabetes. Visit doihaveprediabetes.org today. That's doihaveprediabetes.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and its prediabetes awareness partners. Being blind doesn't always look how others may think. Stargard disease was supposed to define me. Retinitis pigmentosa aimed to overwhelm my family. It tried to cut me down. A blinding eye disease attempted to force me away from doing what I was born to do. But it cannot stop me. I have the tools. I will keep moving forward. Pushing past the limits of this disability. I know where to find support and where I can be seen. Loss of sight won't blind our vision. Innovative research, educational resources, supportive community. The Foundation Fighting Blindness is leading the charge in finding treatments and cures for blinding diseases. Learn more at fightingblindness.org. A public service message from the Foundation Fighting Blindness. Join us the first Wednesday of every month on AOA for the latest episode of The Monthly Grind with our friends at the National Corn Growers Association. We'll discuss the latest topics surrounding the corn industry, the relationships between corn and other parts of the agricultural supply chain, the newest initiatives and partnerships from NCGA's Market Development Action Team, and much more. That's the first Wednesday of every month for The Monthly Grind on AOA. It's a show you don't want to miss. Join us every Tuesday for Around the Table, brought to you by CHS, as we examine how the modern cooperative system solves today's biggest challenges. We'll be talking to CHS experts and farmers and ranchers just like you, and we'll learn how cooperatives apply innovation and technology to help co-op owners get more value every day. Join us Around the Table every Tuesday, or visit cooperativeownership.com to learn more. Every day, our brave military men and women, along with their families, make tremendous sacrifices for our freedom. Patriotic Hearts, a nonprofit organization, is dedicated to supporting these heroes and their families in their times of need. By donating your unwanted card to Patriotic Hearts, you'll be supporting job transition and job fair programs, veteran entrepreneurship, counseling, and retreats for combat veterans and their spouses. Call 800-560-3870. You'll receive a tax deduction and we'll arrange a free pickup at your convenience. Imagine the difference you can make in the lives of those who have given so much for our country. Your car donation will directly impact military families, veterans, providing them with the support they desperately need. Call 800-560-3870. You can become a part of something bigger. Join us in our mission to uplift and honor our military community. Call 800-560-3870 to donate your unwanted card. Are you heading to Commodity Classic? Stop by AGI Booth 3403 for some exciting live radio. This is Jesse Allen. I'll be broadcasting AOA live on Thursday from 9 to 10 a.m. We'll be discussing all things grain and digital, from bins and bin monitoring to data and dryers. That's Thursday from AGI booth 3403 from 9 to 10 a.m. at Commodity Classic in Houston, Texas. When news happens in agriculture or when the markets are moving, we've got you covered as your trusted voice in agriculture. The team at the American Ag Network has the knowledge and experience to keep you informed on the issues impacting farmers and ranchers. We've got you covered on air, online, and on demand. Find the American Ag Network on your favorite social media platforms and also follow the American Ag Today podcast wherever you get your podcasts. We are the American Ag Network. Informing America's Farmers and Ranchers, AOA. Now back to Jesse Allen. 
And thanks for sticking with us here on AOA Today, brought to you by our friends at Cenex, the perfect match. They have it for you with all of their grease and lubricant products, because not all grease is created equal. Cenex premium greases are made with high-quality ingredients to provide durable protection. Learn more at Cenex.com. Well, right now, we want to look at some of the uh, new precision ag equipment that's going to be here at Commodity Classic and just kind of talk broadly in general about some of the fun things we're going to see during the trade show and more. Joining us right now, he is the Director of Agricultural Services with the Association of Equipment Manufacturers. Austin Gellings is with us. Austin, good to talk with you. Thanks for joining us on AOA. Thanks for having me. Well, uh, obviously, we've been talking about here on the show uh, two levels of a trade show this year here at Commodity Classic. So many exciting new products I know are going to be rolled out by some of the various manufacturers and more. There is there's a lot to see here over the next couple of days, isn't there, Austin? Oh, there sure is. And I think, you know, hitting on the, the two levels to the trade show just shows that it, it's growing um, and there's more going on at the show this year. Um, and, and a big part of that is is the equipment side, which we which we love to talk about. Um, you know, lots of new technologies um, and even within the technologies, the ability to, to look into data, gather data and, and leverage that all aimed towards making farmers more efficient. Um, and helping them with that bottom line. And I, you know, the last couple of years, I feel like we've really seen this explosion of precision ag products and and data-driven products and things like that. And I know that's something that you're probably going to be paying pretty close attention to here this week at some of the new stuff that is being rolled out here at the show. Oh, for sure. Um, we've seen it over the last couple of years, and I think right now is a really exciting time in agriculture from that technology standpoint. Um, it's almost the transition that we're seeing, um, there's so much innovation and growth going on. It's almost similar to when we went from the horse to the tractor, because now we're just, it's, we're shifting from metal and iron to technology and data and being able to leverage that data to have better insights into our operation, to be more efficient. And that efficiency then translates also into the broader conversation that we see happening within the government and on, on the broader scale of sustainability. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we like to say that efficiency equals sustainability um, because at the end of the day, if you're using less, that's better for your bottom line. Um, but it's also better for the environment as well. Well, and I think about this too. I mean, you know, one example is some of this technology where you can target w one weed out of a pack, you know, in a field, things like that. And being able to use all this data and apps and technology, it's, there's a lot of exciting things out there. I just, it amazes me every time I talk about technology in Ag Austin because there is so much at our fingertips right now. Oh, there certainly is. Um, and the and the great thing is, is that there isn't a one size fits all solution. There's Very so true. many new things coming out, but it's really then all different things for the farmer to use based off of their operation. You know, I like to refer to it as another tool in the toolbox and each toolbox for each farmer is different. But that's the great thing at the end of the day is that we can utilize all of these technologies together um, based off of what the needs of the farmer um, ultimately is. Yeah. And that's what it all comes down to is, is making farmers' lives easier on their operation. That is for sure. Uh, what are some of the other big precision ag type of highlights you're maybe looking forward to show? I know drones, of course, are a hot topic, things like that. What are some other things you may be excited about this year? Yeah, I think I think drones, that's a, that's an emerging space uh, that has a gr great part to play within the application side of the industry. Um, there's also the irrigation side as well. Um, you know, I, I think that it's amazing how far we've come. When you see a pivot, you know, irrigation out in the field, you see the water spraying and a lot of people go by and are mm -hmm. like, wow, what's going on out there? But there's a lot of technology that goes behind that to make that precise um, and accurate. And we're seeing that. And that goes far beyond just irrigation and application. But you see that now in a lot of the planters as well, being able to adjust based off of the soil conditions in the field. Um, and that's really what, what that all comes together. It's a bunch of, it's gathering the data and making real-time decisions based off of the field conditions. No longer is it looking at a 50 to 100 acre plot of land and making assumptions that it's all the same. Um, you know, we're breaking that down to on-the-fly changes based off of real-time conditions. Well, and to that point, I, I heard a story here earlier this week about a farmer who, you know, normally went off the calendar, for instance, with his crop and he was using some different data and apps and things like that. And all of his data was telling him that his crop was ready to be sprayed two weeks earlier than what it should have been. And he didn't believe it at first, went and checked the crop and then was like, oh, hey, okay, we got to go. So I think to that point, 
that's making farmers' lives a, a lot easier as they adopt more of this technology, right? Exactly, exactly. Uh, the, really, the technology is a means to gather and interpret the data to make better decisions based off of that. It provides insights that we had never had before. Um, but at the end of the day as well, that data has to be easily, readily usable. It's got to yeah. be something that you know the farmer can just pick up and go with um, because at the end of the day, farmers just want to farm. Very true. Very true. I know as well, uh, coming up here, uh, Commodity Classic, obviously this week's going to be a great time. But in May, I know AEM, you guys are hosting your Ag on the Mall event in Washington, D.C. Talk about that because I've seen pictures, for instance, from last year. It's a really cool event, isn't it, Austin? It's a it's a great event. It's an opportunity um, for the industry to come together um, right on the ca- on the Capitol Mall in Washington D.C. Um, between the Capitol Building and the Washington Monument um, to bring the equipment to the regulators and lawmakers um, that are making you know decisions on that impact um, agriculture with things like the Farm Bill um, still needing to be re-upped and, and stuff like that. And so this is an opportunity for us to bring that to them, for us to bring that messaging to them. Um, and it's turning out to be an even bigger event than than in previous years. This this time around, we're on pace to surpass um, 25 um, companies taking wow. part, bringing equipment onto the National Mall, and over 30 partner organizations um, are looking to be there as well. Uh, so really bringing the industry together. Um, and it's not just one segment of agriculture. We're going to have specialty crops, row crops, dairy, irrigation. Um, we're really going to have the whole gambit of agriculture there and represented to tell the good story of what we're doing. Well, and I love to, like you said, it, it brings some of this new equipment to, you know, in front of regulators and, and you know, congressional folks on Capitol Hill and things like that. They get to see this stuff firsthand, and that's what makes it really cool. And I'm sure folks uh, want to learn more. Stay up to date with everything going on from the Association of Equipment Manufacturers. AEM.org is a great place to go, isn't it, Austin? Sure is. Definitely. AEM.org. Austin Gellings with the Association of Equipment Manufacturers. Really appreciate the time. Thanks for joining us here at Commodity Classic. Thanks for having me. All right. We are out of time here today on AOA. Coming up on our program tomorrow, we're going to be spending time with our friends at AGI on the trade show floor from 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. Central Time, booth 3403. You're going to be here at Commodity Classic. Swing on by and see us again, booth 3403. That's going to do it for AOA. I'm Jesse Allen. Have a great rest of your day. Non-attorney paid spokesperson. Could your house go into foreclosure? Are you behind on your mortgage payments? Does it seem like the bank has no interest in helping you save your home? And you feel like you have nowhere to turn for help? Then we have good news for you. Foreclosure Protection Services can help save your home as they specialize in foreclosure assistance. That's all they do. If you're behind on your mortgage payments, being threatened with foreclosure, have been denied a loan modification, or been the victim of a predatory loan, it's critical that you call Foreclosure Protection Services now at 800-926-1701. Their network of attorneys and their agents are available to speak to you now. If you're behind on your mortgage payments, Foreclosure Protection Services can help stop the foreclosure process. Call today before it's too late. New laws are in effect that may save your home. Call Foreclosure Protection Services now at 800-926-1701. 800-926-1701. That's 800-926-1701. Now. We tend not to think about now. We dream about tomorrow, relive yesterday. But sometimes we don't see what's right in front of us. Victory over cancer is in front of us. Right now. Cancer Research is saving lives. Cancer Research, funded by the V Foundation, is leading to new discoveries and new treatments, and ultimately, one day, victory over cancer. Right now, one out of every two men and one out of every three women will get cancer in their lifetime. Now is your moment. You may save someone you love. The V Foundation has the skill, the speed, and the strength to achieve victory over cancer. Because today's cancer research is tomorrow's victory. Learn more at v.org. Don't give up. Don't ever give up.